0: Hey, shippers, welcome to a Shakespeare Remake episode.
1: Today we are talking about Patrick and Kat from 10 Things I Hate About You. Do we ship it? Listen to find out.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Devin.
1: And I'm Steph.
0: And welcome to the We Ship It podcast, where Steph and I and our occasional guest Gab and Goss about our favorite and not so favorite couples of all time.
1: That's right. Last week, we were so grumpy about our Taming of the True (laughs) episode, or maybe it was just me, uh, that we wanted to do another take on it. And we thought, what a better way to do that than to look at a modern twist to the tale, because we know there was a lot of things wrong with of the Shrew. So we figured that we would take a look at 10 Things I Hate About You.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And this week we are joined by nine nine other. Nine none other. other. <laughs> nine <laughs> other. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, almost Shakespeare talk. Uh none yeah. other than Mary Castellano. Did I
2: say yeah. this correct again. <laughs> no, you said it incorrect. <laughs> Almost. Dang it. But you were closer I, I know I than last, it last time last time. <laughs> Mary Castellano? Know. Castellano. It's okay. Castellano. It's a little more fluid than that. But yes. thank you all so much for having me on for a second time. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, of course. We're so excited because mainly Always Mary, excited. To have you first on.
1: of all, she joined us for our Anastasia episode last time, which mm-hmm. was really a successful episode. You guys really liked Anastasia, so we we're excited. And and Mary's been an avid supporter of ours from the get-go so thank Mm -hmm. you mary for all your comments (laughs) and dealing with all of our stuff and posting (laughs) pictures of our mug we just love
0: you all of our antics and you're
2: welcome happy to support (laughs) all right
0: so without further ado let's get to chatting but before we do Stephanie.
1: Yes, my summary. summary. I know. uh, I know that you guys, I just want to give you a
0: spoiler alert. Before we do that. Oh, before we do spoiler Did you want to ask your question?
1: Oh, yeah. Devin is keeping (laughs) me on task. Listen, I wrote this script in 10 minutes, so I apologize. But we want to start (laughs) with a little bit of, you know, we we like to bring people into our lives a little bit because Devin and I sometimes can just get rolling. And first of all, Mm -hmm. we know now that Devin is done with Gilmore Girls. So that is coming. So we don't need an update on that.
0: (laughs) I'm still still on the summer episode of A Year in the Life or whatever. We're still
1: on the four-part series, Devin. Yeah, they're long
0: episodes. What can I say? They're quite long,
1: and they just make me really mad. But... um, Apart from that, we wanted to just ask our little opening question of what are you thankful for this week? So, mm-hmm. Mary,
2: what are you thankful for? Oh, thanks. I am thankful that um, a couple weeks ago I had the opportunity to go on a silent retreat. Oh. Uh, I was in Berryville, Virginia, and it was uh, just the time to like get away and rest. And it Very was nice. so helpful. So I'm I'm really grateful I had that opportunity just to get away from regular life and. Yeah, just chill after a very busy season at work. So really
1: sounds like something every everyone should nice. do. Honestly, I,
0: mm-hmm. um, I am thankful that the countdown has begun and summer is approaching.
1: Oh heck <laughs> nice. yeah!
0: <laughs> I uh, I'm kind of over it, guys. <laughs> 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 I need a break. A well-deserved a from, from my kids they're great yes. and all but i need a break
1: don't we all need a break at this point i healthy thankful. it's a healthy
0: break yeah yeah yes. go ahead steph
1: no no you're fine So what am I thankful for? It's been a crazy week. And honestly, I was telling you guys, I am thankful for early 2000s and late 90s rom-coms. That is what (laughs) I am thankful for. I have had days where I just want to like fall asleep and not leave my bed. But with with these rom-coms, it gave me a reason to sit on the couch and cry my eyes out to something (laughs) else so Seamus literally fell asleep next to me for the entire movie which for everyone who's listening Seamus is my border collie and he never he'll never sit next to me and sleep so this is a big deal that he did that he also loves Heath Ledger so um it's great (laughs) okay let's move on I I can't not be in the video I need to
0: honestly who doesn't love Heath Ledger let's be honest
1: I know he's the best but So 10 things I hate about you. So Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, love the cast. And I have to say, what a relic this movie is. From the moment it starts, they got Mm -hmm. the funky little title scenes and you're just like the music and it's funny. And I just miss these days of movies. They're incredible. Um, It's really a time capsule of a film. So what was it about? Well, it's very similar in setup to Taming of the Shrew, but it's in modern times, quote unquote modern. We're talking early 2000s. It's not really modern anymore. <laughs> um, but so there are these two high school sisters, um, Kat and Bianca. The older one, Kat, is kind of rude. She's our shrew, quote unquote, if you will. Um, and her younger sister, Bianca, is very fair and sweet, and everyone wants to date her. And we see Cameron, who is the guy who plays Robin in Batman. I always forget his name. Um, Joseph
0: Gordon-Levitt. Come on, Yeah,
1: Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So cute. (laughs) He's so cute. I want to
0: see more Um, of the stuff that he does.
1: I know. I know. We just watched both 500 Days of Summer and this. So we got enough Joseph Gordon-Levitt for quite some time. Uh, But he is this little dude and he's obsessed with uh bianca from the moment he sees her but there's a twist there's another guy who's obsessed with bianca i don't remember his name joey or something john i don't know joey he's like popular he's got like he's rich like all this stuff he's kind of a jerk um but whatever it is cameron wants to like come up with a plan to date bianca because her dad's kind of a jerk and he said you know what well, he's not a jerk. He he's just kind of like trying to he's be an overprotective here.
0: father. Protective, he's protective. Yeah.
1: That's a good word. Um, but he he tries to be clever and he's like, You can't date until Kat dates, knowing full well that Kat does not want to date anyone. So, and she's also kind of the shrew, quote unquote. So Cameron and Joey work together to pay this equally strange seeming man, Heath Ledger <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, and they're like, We want you to take her out because if you do then we can date Bianca and so they pay him a bunch of times he takes her on some dates really gets to know her and break down her walls um and then he asks her so he's paid like three hundred dollars to take her to the prom because Joey wants to take Bianca to the prom and he doesn't want to take the money at first but he does take it and so he's really pushing Kat to go to the prom and she's like why do you want to go to the prom so bad this is weird and so she gets mad. He is mad. It's sort of a whole thing. And then they do end up going to the prom together and she finds out that he was paid to date her. So that's a big blow up. Um, and then in the end, you know, she re- she a cry and they're together. So Kat and Patrick together and then Cameron and Bianca end up together, even after Bianca was kind of mean to him. But Ooh. That is my summary of ten things I hate about you. A little bit different than Taming of the Shrew, and we'll talk about the differences as we go. Um, yes, yes, yes. But let's talk about. So let's let's just dive in uh, with some questions. I know let's Mary, you have been preparing a lot with both Taming of the Shrew and <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You. So get ready for some comparison.
0: True, you see okay? What did there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. In a conversation with her sister, Cat tells Bianca, "You don't always have to be who they want you to be." You know how are these two gals polar opposites at the start when it comes to boys and their image?
2: Do you want me to go? Okay, go yes. for it. Can, I can go. All right, so I think it comes down to what these two sisters value. Cat. Uh, Ah, uh, does not value the opinions of others, whereas Bianca does. Uh, Bianca, um, she values quote being adored, and uh, whereas Cat relies on and values her own opinions, what she deems is important or not important. So mm-hmm. yeah, oh, definitely, what they value is huge. Uh, you can really see that in their personalities, how they, um, in like what they wear and. Um, like cat just kind of wears whatever's comfortable and like woo something cat. something a normal person definitely
0: <laughs> is literally in- <laughs> cats <laughs> and like
2: Bianca is you know wearing the um like the designer clothes the clothes that maybe aren't quite as comfortable for I don't know a viewer to watch but like um <laughs> but yeah so like. Yeah. So definitely a value difference that I see, but there's also definitely an experience difference. So Kat Mm. is older. I don't know how much older she is, but uh, Kat has definitely gone through more negative experiences that she has to draw on than Bianca, who's at least the beginning. And I actually, I think throughout the whole thing, she's really kind of painted as kind of naive. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. I think it's their experiences that really shape them. Um, And for Kat, um, she allows her experiences to kind of darken her view of people and society. And uh, um, it just makes her more mature in the process. Um, Mm -hmm. But kind of what you were saying, like Bianca cares way too much, whereas Kat cares way too little. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's two drastic differences between the two. And what we need to get at is that middle ground where you, you feel comfortable with who you are, but you also like, aren't just trying to please everybody. Um, Bianca spends way too much time trying to please everybody or just being that cutesy, adorable girl that Mm -hmm. everyone can can fawn over. Um, And also I think they I think Kat has no taste in boys, whereas Bianca has too much of a taste in boys.
1: Yeah, <laughs> She definitely lets it kind of run her her life, I would say, um, also, which is a big thing.
0: Mary brought up her choice in clothing. Can we talk about how 2000s her prom dress was oh yes (laughs) I I love it that pink prom dress (laughs)
2: what I love even more is this I think the movie actually came out in 1999 so like this would have been like really cool I know. Very (laughs)
0: hip,
1: very
2: on edge. Well, so, so for me, I think
1: what I appreciate a lot about 10 things I hate about you rather than Taming of the Shrew is that they give us the perspective of why Kat is the way that she is here. Mm -hmm. She tells us when she's talking to Bianca, kind of where that inspiration came from, like what bad experiences she's been through in her life that made her into the person she is. Whereas, like in Taming of the Shrew, we're like, what the heck is wrong with this girl? We don't know. (laughs) Uh, But, Bianca. Yeah, I think Bianca is just so like you said, naive. She's light and airy and doesn't really think too much about why she does what she does. Like there's this moment when Cameron asks her, did you even want to go sailing Mm -hmm. with me? And she's just like, well, yeah, or no. And she just like has never even (laughs) given a thought to like why she says the things that she says. And I think that's the difference. I I really do think the difference is time. I think Bianca learns a lot um, over the course of this film and it, but it doesn't make her this emo chick, you know? And I think Kat learns a little bit to trust her sister and to be trusting of the people around her because she's very untrusting. Um, And I think Bianca is a little too trusting, but I think Kat is just like, Like I don't trust anyone. Literally, when he asked her to go to prom, and I mean, she was right, of course, but she was literally like, why do you care so much about prom? I'm like, whoa, she does not trust this man. She doesn't trust anybody. (laughs) Um, So I think that's kind of the main difference is what I do like, though, is that they give us the background on why Kat is the shrew. They don't just say, oh, she's a shrew. She's had some things she's lived through in her life.
0: Right. Um, Agreed.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Next. Patrick puts on the bad boy personality, but deep down, does he have a heart? How can you tell?
2: So I think he definitely has a heart. Uh, I'd even argue he has a really big heart because um, I love the scene where um, I feel like in a lot of the scenes where he he and Cat are are alone, you can kind of see his genuine feelings for her, kind of mm-hmm. kind of popping out, and it's not like he's trying to hide it, but it's almost like he can't contain them you can like see them in his eyes um he he almost becomes like more of a gentleman around her i don't know if that's like mm-hmm. overstating things but he becomes, i think it's like, right he becomes yeah he becomes like a little i don't want to say softer but a little yeah just more gentle um not nearly as rough around the edges he's like a he's a very the kind heart <laughs> yeah. yeah so very I'd, tender And I think that also has to do a lot with like the actor. And it's Uh like, I I literally wrote in my notes, like props to Heath Ledger with the clapping emoji. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think the poor soul gone too soon.
1: I know. Oh my gosh. Heath Ledger. We love you. But I think with both of them, Kat and Patrick, they both put up walls. So they put, they come across as like this bad boy and this like, Not emo chick, but you know what I mean? She's sort of just like, I don't want to be bothered by anything. Um, They put up these walls because they don't want to get hurt. Now, I don't think we get a ton of perspective as to why Patrick has those walls up. Um, not as much as Kat, at least. Uh, but we do see deep down that he does have a heart. And how I can tell, I mean, think about it. When he was, t- all these people have these rumors about where he was the past year. And then he tells Kat at the end, <laughs> I was visiting my <laughs> grandfather who, you know, was dying and I just wanted to stay with him. And I was just right. like, like, this man has so much to him. And I don't know if it's just sort of that high school way of dealing with things, but both of them have been through things that I think you know, cause them to put up walls and put out that like fake, like bad boy, bad girl personality. Um, but deep down, I think they're both very emotional people, which is interesting. Um, at least they're both in tune with their emotions more than mm-hmm. people like say Cameron. And right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Devin.
0: Um, I think he definitely does. Yeah. Um... And I think one of the moments that really stands out to me is when he gives advice to Cameron Mm -hmm. and tells him to go after Bianca.
1: I know. Um,
0: (gasps) I think that's his moment of like me noticing that it's not just, it's not just cat that he cares about or Kate, excuse me. It's not just Kate that he cares about. It's like other people as well. Um, He's not just this, stoic um bad Mm -hmm. boy who just smokes and um goes gets into detention and stuff like he he has a kinder side that Mm -hmm. most people don't take the time to know or to get to know um and while he still views cat or kate i keep on saying cat because you know taming the shrews no it is i think it is
2: cat in in this version kate is taming the the other one is kate
0: oh yeah Regardless, you're
2: good.
1: It's all the same.
0: (laughs) And while he still views um, Kat as a challenge, much like his counterpart from the play, here we see that he does, in fact, care for her Mm -hmm. and the problems that she faces. Which we do
1: not see in David of the (laughs) True. That man Um, does not care. (laughs) He
0: like, he knows that she's going through things and he's willing to, like, be by her side as she goes through them
1: yep all righty so at the party cat begins to as joey calls it act like a
2: human why does she
1: <laughs> ultimately give in and how does patrick react to the
2: scene what does this mean oh man i i have a lot of thoughts about this so i'll try go <laughs> um i
0: also so, have a lot of thoughts of this as well
2: <laughs> so okay so the only reason that cat goes to the party there i guess there are kind of two reasons one she she's literally only there because her sister basically begged her to go um Mm -hmm. and patrick also kind of like planted that seed of like hey there's this party he kind of started to manipulate her a little bit when he showed up to that concert um but i think the reason why she ended up giving into the peer pressure is when she saw her sister walk away with joey and i have to wonder if like th- that was the only reason she was there for her sister. Her sister's literally mm-hmm. like giving her the hand is like, go away. Like, I don't want to talk to you. And I, I, I don't know if this is too much of a stretch, but you find out in the movie that their mother abandoned them. Yes. And I, and it was right after the abandonment that cat went to go sleep with Joey right. and mm-hmm. the, the, the guy, her sister's literally walking off with. And that was a huge mistake for her. And so I wonder if maybe, she's kind of reliving some of those feelings of Both abandonment. Of yeah. Yeah. It went, when she, in that split moment, when she sees her sister Bianca walking away with Joey at the party and, and I, I just have to wonder if that's reminding her of like that kind of trauma of losing of her mother, abandoning her mm. and kind of mm-hmm. a darker time of her life. And therefore she's just like, screw it. I'm just going to give in like she did back then when she gave mm-hmm. into the peer pressure um, of, of of sleeping with joey so Mm -hmm. so i I, very
0: interesting
2: yeah i
0: agree um i like you like what mary said i think it's her reaction to seeing joey with bianca um Mm -hmm. and she lets her frustration with joey get the best of her but now that mary mentioned that it also has to do with her mother abandoning them. I would also tackle that onto the whole mess of things that she's going through at the moment. Um, but Patrick acts like her knight in shining armor. Um, he carries her way when she hits her head and keeps her awake in fear of her having a concussion. Um, she then opens up to him about her aspirations of starting a band. And it's just this whole um growing moment between these two. Um, It shows that he does in fact care for her while no one else supports her. Everyone else at the party cheers her on in her party stupor and no one runs to her aid or even asks if she's okay. When she cracks her head on the light, like nobody else cares for her. And Patrick is there and continues to be there for her. Um, It also shows that cat has a weak spot for Joey. As we already mentioned, she uh, once dated him, had sex with him, and then broke up because Kate, uh, Kat was like, I don't want to be this girl anymore. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm done trying to be someone that I don't want to be anymore. Um, so they break up and she is still affected by that relationship and seeing her sister mm-hmm. with him makes her go down this dark path. Um, luckily, Patrick is there to kind of guide her through that path as well.
2: Yeah, so we to- I think... Oh, go ahead, ahead. Mary. Yeah, I just wanted to to (laughs) kind of add on that I, that I, that's, that's not the knight in shining armor kind of image is, is, is really cool. That's not something I'd thought of, but I also think it's really interesting how Patrick, he, he doesn't just kind of care for Kat's being, like when she hits her head, but I think it also really bothers him that he can tell she's not being herself. Right. And that bothers him almost as much as the fact that, you know, she's, she's kind of ruining herself like physically with a lot of alcohol so, um,
0: <laughs>
2: but yeah so i think it's really interesting kind of watching him struggle and that struggle is where the growth comes in that's what Depp
1: yeah i live agree. for these moments of growth i really do and that's why i love this moment so much is because it's the first time that we see him turn off the manipulation and turn on the oh i actually care it's these moments where like semi like dangerous things are happening or you you realize oh i got to take care of this person those are the moments that you realize your true feelings and i think that's when he starts to tear down this idea of i need to be paid to take this girl out and like you you know he just wants to spend time with her at that point now we could talk about the ethics of him taking payment from the beginning To begin with, but
0: I think in this, I think in
1: this, I think in this moment, we do finally get the real conversation. (laughs) Oh, definitely. But I I think in this moment, we do get the real Patrick starting to come out and he cares so much. This is the thing. The people that you see putting up the walls, those are the people that care so like the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think that's why both Kat and Patrick relate in this way. And in this scene, we see Patrick's like mama bear coming out. (laughs) <laughs> Even though he's not a mama, but you know, um, and I think we also see cat's mama bear coming out in the way that she reacts to Bianca,
0: Bianca, yeah,
1: dealing with. So I think we see both of their protective natures, their natural protective natures yeah, come out in this scene.
0: Perfect, wonderful. Um, moving on, why do these two fit so well together?
2: So I i i actually kind of struggled with this one for a while i'm like Ooh. i can't i love the points that you all just brought up because that that makes for a much better answer than what i have to say but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but i i just think they're kind of like the male female version of each other um mm. they both have tough facades um and they both kind of gone through some tough things in their life but even like, like you're saying stephanie we don't get as much of patrick's backstory as much as we do uh cats so that would have been that would have been really interesting but um but yeah people think they're quote-unquote scary and they're kind of okay with being seen that way they don't they, they don't care they don't care what everybody else thinks of them but that's something that they have in common it's this attitude that they share it's kind of this worldview um and they have this kind of mutual understanding and i think um And I think that really came out in like the paddleboard scene, paddleboat scene. And they're talking, (laughs) they're like literally having a conversation about their walls. And I thought that that was such a, um, an important conversation for the two of them to have. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it is. I I think the two of them fit together well, because there's sort of, and I talked to Devin about this a lot. There's sort of this like place that you need to meet someone like, a certain level of depth that you share that you kind of both understand each other. Even if you don't have the same values or virtues, you can meet at this place and say, okay, so you've been through some of the things I've been through. You understand my worldview. And I think that's why the two of them fit together so well is because they're in this world of like superficiality, which is high school. And they're both just a little bit more mature than that. It might be because of what they've gone through, but I think it's also just the way that they naturally respond to things is a little bit more mature than your average high schooler. Um, They're both really smart. Um, Him and like other ways that are like not the same as Kat is smart. Um, But I think they both have a rebellious nature. They both um, like to just be themselves um, and reject like societal norms. And they just have intellectual and honest conversations. And I think that's like the most important thing in a relationship is being able to have honest in-depth. Conversation. um
0: yeah.
1: yeah so i think that's that's why they fit together so well there are things that i would rather have not happened <laughs> are we going <laughs> to talk about are we going to talk about that i don't know if you put in any of the questions his like payment
0: but no i okay. didn't we We're just well, I about know. over
1: that i mean we well, could talk about it but i want right. to talk about it because it bothers me a lot like it, it bothers me. I think it's better, obviously, than the taming of the shrew situation. I yeah,
0: I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't bring it up because it is fairly similar to taming the shrew. Yeah. Um, whereas he's he's though, in it for the money and right the same case here. He's in it for the money. Then he realizes, like, oh, I actually like this girl. So, but I don't
1: so, think yeah. we get that moment in taming of the shrew. Like, I don't no. think as obviously that we get the oh, I actually really like her, and then he buys her a guitar at the end, which shows he gave up all the money he made, which is like a big deal. But I, I was really hoping he would not take the prom money. That is ultimately, yeah, that was really, it bummed me out that
0: lot. or he would have thrown it back in Joey's face.
1: Oh, that would have been better. <laughs> yep. He should have like, punched him right in the face. Like
0: even if it was at um the prom where he like took out the cash and was like, and threw it at him. Like that would have been like, a good moment for them.
1: I know. I know.
0: But, but same as what you guys were bringing up. I, I love their spunk. I love their feisty chemistry. Um, they are one in the same kind of dual ideologies and um, the composition of characters. Um, they're both brilliant in their own way. Like Steph said, they are just both smart and logical and um, they have a much higher um thought process than normal teenagers mm-hmm. um they they ha- they're, they're so more critically. intellectual what's that they think things so critically I yeah think. they mm-hmm. do um they're much more intellectual in that kind of way and the conversations that we ha- they have are not just like normal high school conversations they're much deeper um and they also match each other the others wits very well they that that banter is perfection and i think it's a real um a real key to unlocking their walls and um uniting them so
1: that's the one thing that i liked about taming of the shrew was their banter i think Mm -hmm. that they really did well with casting for this movie in that the banter was still there and it was still great but it did better than Taming the Shrew because that's not where the only thing that kept their relationship <laughs> together. Okay. So moving on,
2: what are some of your favorite moments between these two? My absolute favorite moment is the paintball game.
0: Oh, it's yes, so good. That's,
2: uh, it's, it's so good. I think it's, it's really innocent. It's fun. It's them just being themselves around each other um and then of course their first kiss it was it was it was beautiful it was perfect it was really authentic i thought it felt really realistic whereas like it's kind of like like people say you know one thing just kind of leads when in to another head. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> like like during that during that same scene yep
2: yeah it's like right at the end of yeah. like they're playing paintball they're covered in paint and yeah. um it just felt very natural and mm-hmm. uh just yeah a lot more realistic whereas like some like movie kisses are like really drawn, like they're really built up or like really cinematic and may not. It was just a casual
0: everyday kind of thing for them.
2: Yeah. It's just felt very authentic and I I appreciated it.
0: That's fair. Devin. (laughs) I love, so I wouldn't call it, I don't know if it's paint ball. Is it paint balloon? I don't know what they're throwing at each other, but I (laughs) wear balloons. Yeah. I, I, I wish that was still around today like why is that not a thing i i want to go paint ballooning i don't know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> me too um i love their serenade or his serenade um yeah i can't take my eyes off of you that is oh, a great moment such a I, moment i also love when she's sneaking him out of detention <laughs> You took mine. <laughs> no. <laughs> Got a flash uh-huh. my
1: teacher. Now that oh feels gosh. like an 80s movie to me. That feels <laughs> like some breakfast club crap going yeah. on. Yeah, oh my that God. was such a
0: funny scene. And I don't think that he would naturally make as much noise as he was making trying to sneak yeah. out of place, but they had to play it up. So <laughs> Yeah,
1: of course. Well, Devin stole my answer. Years. But at the same time, I think. There's that still I the vomit
0: dis- swing scene. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Great.
0: <laughs> no, I
1: I think I think a scene that really um, that I like a lot is that evening when he's protecting her when she's mm, really, yeah. really drunk. But a scene that I think that no, you wouldn't normally say is like a good scene, but I think it's really interesting is when she goes in to kiss him and then like, he can't bring himself to do it. I think that's in a the really, oh,
0: yeah. that's a good line. I think
1: it's a really authentic though short, but like really like you see him for the first time questioning his, mo- his own motives. Yep. You see him exactly. saying, I don't want to kiss her while I'm under this mercenary obligation. Like yep. that. that's or not how I run. Yeah. Also very well, true. Yeah, yeah. That too. And, Consent. And I just think Absolutely. whatever the motive is, I think it just shows a lot of respect on his part i agree
0: Um, i also love the parallel nature of so they pull he pulls away and then um not like kiss wise but in the truck he pulls away and then literally um cameron pulls up and dropping yep. bianca off and they actually and then do she kiss kisses, like, the, yes. like the parallel nature <laughs> is just really fun to see well
1: so later on he asks like where he's like oh i she kissed me and he's like where and he's like in the car and then you see this moment where it's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's so good the whole thing is so freaking funny and i don't know if you talk about what what is cameron's best friend's name
0: oh is it I'm michael i'm
1: i love him whoever he is I love him. I think him and the Shakespeare girl. The Shakespeare girl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Literally amazing.
0: It was very fun. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I just love any time that they're at each other's throats with their wit. I think it's very fun. Yep. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. All
0: right. Um, So Cameron tells Patrick, quote, look, you embarrass the girl, sacrifice yourself on the altar of dignity, dignity, and even the score. Um, so is love a game of one upping? Are there times where a score is kept?
2: So I think love should never be a competition. Yeah. Um, Mm. it, I know it can be fun to be like competitive with your significant other. If those are like, if that's part of your personality, like that can be like a great thing that you bond over. Um, but Like for a relationship, I think it's actually really unhealthy to keep score, especially if you're in that committed relationship. Uh, I've just heard that from like a lot of other people and like married (laughs) couples. They're like, forgive and forget. Like, don't (laughs) don't hold something over someone. Don't don't keep score. That's essentially what that is. Um, But I think when it comes to just a dating relationship, when you're and this is this is my own opinion, when you're just first getting to know someone, keeping Not necessarily track, but being, but like using your best judgment, being attentive attentive and aware of like yellow or red flags. (laughs) I think that's healthy. So, like, that's my only distinction. (laughs) I think that's
1: a good point. I think, yeah, in a committed relationship, you're kind of past that point that it's healthy. Like, it could actually become extremely unhealthy Mm -hmm. if you are past the point. But I do think here, it's not a game of one upping. I think it's a matter of he's trying to win her over after s- screwing up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like what we see in this moment. Like, and I love that it comes from Cameron, this like little pipsqueak that like has all this <laughs> wisdom. I'm like, yes, Cameron. Um, and yeah, so I, I think he gives really great advice here. I don't think it's necessarily Patrick one upping her. I think it's him showing her I'm willing to embarrass myself even though you feel embarrassed right now, I think it's more mm-hmm. of like a show of love than a, yeah. I'm going to better you, you know, or best you, you know?
0: No. And I, I agree. I don't think there's, a, but there's a sense of like, okay, I did this bad thing. So I also should lower myself to meet that scoring yeah. standard in a sense, but mm-hmm. um, love is not a game, right? There's no winning. Mm-hmm. There's no losing. Uh, there should also be no score. Um yep. but there is a give and take when it comes to love. Like you have to give some in order to get some in return. Um and that's kind of what's going down here. He needs to offer himself up in this sacrificial way, be more embarrassed, be more personable, be more sensitive. And needs order to be vulnerable her, with her vulnerable in order for her to also back down and become more vulnerable with him. Um so, well, yeah, she, I also, just re- she also she also put
2: herself out there. Yeah. Like she she put herself out there between the she two of did. them in the car by like leaning yes. in first. And so now he's kind of putting himself out out there, quote unquote, in front of the whole school,
0: like yeah. you know, saying his love in this awesome <laughs> his song. Serenade, it's so good.
2: It's seriously
1: so <laughs> cute. I think it was a necessity after. And it's very he did. cheesy
0: when the cops come to like arrest him, and he's like running away from the car, yeah, <laughs> and like dancing. <laughs> it's classic scene. Like
1: It is, but okay. So we kind of talked a little bit about this, but how does Kat's guarded heart get torn down and what does she learn in the process of loosening
2: her outer shell? So I think it's a mix between her relationship with her sister and her developing relationship with Patrick, Mm -hmm. Um, watching her sister about to make the same mistake that she makes bring that she made in the past makes Kat more caring and protective. Um, And and then her feelings for Patrick seem to like kind of bring out a more pleasant side of her. Mm-hmm. Um, she she doesn't necessarily like, calm down, but she she does chill out a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to read my own notes. Um, oh, you're fine. Let's see. Yeah, she just yeah, I really don't want to say she calms down because I think like she is being 100 percent herself in the beginning. And at mm-hmm. the end, she's just more easygoing around Patrick. So I was I was trying to be careful about like these those words there. Um, right. Because, like in Taming the Shrew, it was all about like literally taming or making this woman someone different, making right. a different person. Whereas, I really don't think that's the case with her and Patrick. Mm-hmm. I think they bring out the better qualities of each other that were already present. Yeah. So it's not like making each other uh, different. It's it, it like like the question says, kind of like tearing down some some walls right. to expose what's already there. Right. Um, and um. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. That's all I have.
0: (laughs) Cool. I think you're right. Yeah. Patrick is just really good at wearing her down. (laughs) His charm. He's also hot. (laughs) Yeah. There's that. (laughs) Uh, But he throws a a lot of charm at her and he also becomes tamed in the process of falling for her. Mm. Um, Like she says that if I'm going to date you, then you also need to, someone that i'm willing to date like Mm -hmm. stop smoking stop hanging out at bad places like there's got to be like we said earlier that give and take of um just that process and uh, i think it's more aware in this text rather than the one prior of taming the shrew that they're both tamed in the process um and i think she learns that while an outer shell is good and necessary at times. It's also important to be transparent with people you care about, Um, to just be honest and vulnerable and um, that it's okay to put down your walls at times, but it's still healthy to also keep walls up in terms of how people view you or um, just your appearance in general. You don't always have to give in like how Bianca does.
1: Hmm. I think that her guarded heart gets torn down when he dares to tear his own heart down. I think that he (laughs) needs to be like, we talked about it. He has to be vulnerable in order to show her that she can be vulnerable too and not be embarrassed of it. Um, So I I do think that scene where he's singing to her is a, is a big, it's not the only thing, but it's like symbolic of what is going on in their relationship. It's like, he's willing to, to show her some embarrassing stuff about himself in order for her to trust him. I think a big part of like taking down your walls is learning how to trust. And you could just see, like I said before, Kat is very untrusting. She doesn't trust her dad to do what's best for her. She wants to go to school a million miles away and he doesn't Mm -hmm. want her to go. Um, She doesn't really trust her sister to take care of herself. She doesn't really trust Patrick. I don't know if it's that
0: she doesn't trust her sister i don't know if she trusts other people to take care of her
1: to take sister. care of her sister i i think she is protective in that sense but that's what i mean like it, it's all about building trust with kat i think that eventually like bianca says to her when she's coming out to her about what happened with joey right. bianca's like why didn't you tell me and Kat didn't even realize that that was an option because she didn't want to like right. scandalize yeah. her sister right. or bother her sister. And so I think it's these moments of people being vulnerable with her and being overcommunicative with her that shows her that she doesn't have to like live life alone as like this, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. person behind a wall. So I, I think that's kind of
2: what happens throughout the film. I feel like that's a whole nother trope of like mm-hmm. the the protective character keeps like information from the main character. From the younger. And, one. and then, it, then it, yeah. And then it all explodes in like the last few minutes of the story. Yep. I feel like that's <laughs> a trope I've seen. <laughs> I've Mary seen it in a lot of things recently. <laughs> yep.
0: Yes. Um, all right. Next, we're going to kind of compare the two. So, how does cat's poem and kate's monologue at the end of the story differ which do you prefer
2: so i definitely prefer cat's poem yeah I said. Um, it's <laughs> it's honest it's true to her character i think it's believable in real life um i also love how they kind of planted seeds for that in the beginning of the film by like her showing interest in poetry and mm. like the, and mm-hmm. like her kind of connecting to these poets because they could think more critically than like the other people that she was in class with, and yeah, so uh, so I like that. So I think that was that made a lot of sense for her character for the time for being in high school. You had to like write things like that. Kate's monologue, I gotta tell you, I I was not a fan. I recently just reread. <laughs> I, read. Read. I didn't I didn't reread the the poem, but I did rewatch the 1967 version with uh, Elizabeth Taylor, and um I'm listening to this. I'm listening to this monologue and I'm thinking to myself, like this does not match your character whatsoever. No. I know you guys already talked about taming the industry, so I won't go right. too deep into it, but it just, to me, it felt outlandish, uh, unbelievable. It's all about like obedience. And just, yes. I'm not like, I'm like, this is not your character. That's my so- issue. <laughs>
1: Kate's monologue at the end is there is some insight in it and some really, really wrong insight, but also there is some bits of like correct things in what she says. But at the end of the day, what we see is the breaking down of Kate. We see Kate just completely going out of her character in not a good way, in my opinion, whereas Kat her breakdown moment in this poem is admitting I got vulnerable with you and it makes me really mad that you did what you did, but she's being <laughs> honest. She's not being someone else. She is being honest with him. And that's why you see everyone in the class crying. Patrick is crying, which Heath Ledger crying. Don't get. Me started. <laughs> but um, I think that, that, I think you're completely right. I think it's more true to character and I think it's more relevant to, you know, their relationship. Whereas Kate's monologue is more just like, her chiding like the other women like oh be good wives be obedient and i'm just like i just want to punch you in the face i'm sorry but it just (laughs) makes me so mad um but i think kat's poem is actually really good because she's talking about what she wouldn't have talked about before which is that Mm -hmm. what he did hurt her so she's taking down her own walls which is beautiful
0: yeah Um, i choose kate's uh kat's poem hands down oh i
1: was gonna say devin
0: no. There's no, the sorry. door. <laughs> There's the door. No. I'm still having that issue with Kate versus Kat. Yeah, I know it's fun. hard. Anyways, uh, it is much more sin- it, her poem is much more sincere and it is a better representation of her love for Patrick. Um, whereas Kate's monologue is just what Petruchio wants to yeah. hear while Patrick-
1: talking points coming out of her mouth.
0: Yeah. And, and while Patrick isn't really expecting Kate's poem, like at all, like it blows him out of the water. It comes at a surprise to him um, because of their falling out after prom. So her revealing herself to him in front of the class, it's jarring for him. And he's like, wow, I didn't realize how badly, like I understand, like I heard her, but now I see like, she has these feelings and I don't know what I need to do in order to fix this or to respond to this.
1: It was a real awakening moment where Mm -hmm. you're right. Like Kate's monologue was just her spitting out the talking points that her abusive husband was like, it makes me so mad that he starved her. Devin, we talked about this. I won't get into the taming of the shrew, but his tactics were so bad. Whereas Patrick actually cared about this girl and right. his tactics were more just like tearing down her insecurities, which is great. Agreed. But sorry, I, I will rant. I literally rant too much.
0: about.
1: <laughs> um, okay. Do you think that Patrick gets away too easily? Should there have been more repercussions for his action?
2: So I, I think yes and no. Um, and I think for a movie, it makes it made for a cute ending. I actually really mm-hmm. like. I I like the writing in this movie. Yeah. I love. I like how it's delivered. I think it works for. Uh, it works for a movie. But in real life, I think he got away way too easily. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> and and I love how she even brings it up. She's like, you can't just buy me a guitar every time you screw yes. up. And I know a lot of people like that. That is their way of saying sorry. And I'm like, okay, if that works for you, sure. But like, I. <laughs> I also take issue with um and I know this this happened earlier in the movie too and it may actually made for a cute moment earlier in the movie but in this moment I actually didn't like how he interrupted what she was saying with a kiss. That that irks mm. me on a kind of a deep level and that's that's just a me thing but I think she was trying to actually make some good points. She was trying to explain why yes. he 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 can't just the next time he messes up like there there needs to be more than just another guitar yep. and she was about to explain that and it, it made for a really kind of cute like i said cinematic scene with him to just kiss yeah. her and everything fades away and it's all happy-go-lucky <laughs> and you see this absurd band playing on the roof and and it's Amazing. fine but like in real life, like you need to talk things through a lot more. So I think that just showed it kind of a big flaw in their relationship, which, you know, every relationship has its flaws, but um, that's probably the only thing I, w- I would, I would say is yes. And no, he, he did I agree. He yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just think that. I agree like that's why I created this question cuz it's like I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like that it's a happy ending. I like that they are together. I like that he does something good with the money that he earned from his quote unquote service or whatever okay. like whatever. <laughs> uh but I just don't like that he feels like he can just buy her off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think the reason that was done is because he's showing her the money didn't matter to him in the end. Like he's using the money that he was giving. Agreed.
0: But it just feels weird.
1: I know it's a little unsettling in my opinion though. um, I don't love like he, he did get away too easily, but I also kind of, I kind of like that he did because (laughs) I think here's why, because I think when you know someone at such a deep level that I think that they know each other, like, yeah, they only have known each other for a few days. But I think, like I said before, they meet each other at this place where they kind of understand each other. I think that she knew even from the moment she was really pissed at finding out, I think that she knew that his feelings were genuine and I think that's why, even though she put up that front, she ended up saying what she said in the poem is that I hate that I still love you, even though you did this, because mm-hmm. I know that you still love me. And I know that you weren't the person, like you, you were less than the person that I know you to be in that moment. And so that's kind of why I like that she forgave him. I also agree, though, Mary, it's annoying when, you know, the kissing scene when someone's talking, I, that pisses me off. But I will say that. I think that like the point was made enough. Like he he spent the exact money right. that he made off of this deal on her to show her, yeah, it started as a ruse. But now I actually like you. This reminds me of those movies like um, to all the boys I love before Devin, all these movies that start out in a fake relationship (laughs) and then they end up real. I don't know why. Maybe I like this trope. Maybe that's why I keep picking these movies. But (laughs) I don't know. I, I think he got away a little too easily. But I also think that she knew his genuine feelings. And that's that's how we see she's grown in trust. You know, he broke her trust. And she was able to forgive him because she yeah. knows his true self and feelings. So I think yeah. that's a moment of growth for cat.
0: Okay. I agree. I think it, like I said, I, I like the ending. I like everything about it. I just don't know if I'm okay with him feeling like he can just buy her off,
1: but we'll have to see what happens next time. He screws up. Yeah.
0: Definitely. I guess it's like I hypothetical guess we world can't. that we're what, talking about. What did he about. say? He's
2: like, he's like, I can get you a drum set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny.
0: Um, all right. Next. Let's do a little comparison. We've already been comparing them back and forth a little bit, but do the characters live up to the Shakespearean tale? And does this adaptation help you understand the characters better?
2: So I can't really speak too in depth to the actual characters themselves, because mm-hmm. like I said, it's been 10 years since I actually read the play. I just rewatched the <laughs> movie, but I can I can speak a little bit to the, like, the story in general. And I think it's actually a really good modern adaptation of I think so the essence too. of the original Taming of the Shrew. I think this this story, this movie, I think is just brilliantly done. I like I, I can't I can't <laughs> agree with everything that happens um, or even some of like the language that. That they whatever, but um, but I do think in general it's uh, it's just it's really well done. Like I like you guys were saying, like the witty banter, the like, um, yeah, I think it's a really good adaptation. Um, and I think it's it's interesting. I appreciate how they kind of adjust the morals as well to kind of fit the modern mm-hmm. day. <laughs> yeah. um you know, instead of just you know, wives be obedient to your husbands, uh, like, like back in Shakespeare's time. It's, Hey, like, let's like be yourself, be your authentic self and love the people around you authentically. And that's kind of a big takeaway from it. So Mm -hmm. in that aspect, I think, I think it did a really good job. I agree. And
1: I think, I wonder like what people will think about 10 things I hate about you, like a hundred years from now. Like, I just wonder how morals will change. Cause like, Honestly, I can't relate to Taming of the Shrew at all.
0: I think Mm, it's like a
1: sexist piece of garbage. But ultimately, (laughs) (laughs) ultimately, I think that what Ten Things I Ate About You does is it brings more of what Shakespeare, I think, was trying to say in Taming of the Shrew to a modern understanding, which is actually, you know, tear down your walls and be yourself. You know, you don't have Mm. to be, you know, every suitor's favorite. You can just be, you know. Yourself in a marriage, but right. ultimately it's supposed to be a little bit humorous in Shakespeare's time. So there are just yeah. things that I just don't, I think don't translate. So I think you're totally right in that. I think this was like the perfect modern adaptation of the story. Um, I think some of the characters don't really live up um, or not. No. I think some of the characters are better than Shakespeare. Oh, okay. Who are you you talking about here? No, I'm saying Patrick is not Petruchio. He was not really looking for money to begin with. Petruchio's entire purpose in life is to marry a rich woman. Patrick just sort of is tempted by this thing. That's fair. I think he's also just a better guy. I think he cares more about Kat. I think Kat has a little bit more substance to her. Um, I think Bianca also has a lot more growth in, uh, Ten things, because in Taming of the Shrew, she actually kind of ends worse than she begins. <laughs> um And then, let me think of who else. The dad, I think, also has a lot more. I
0: agree. I, yeah. think I think we get a better image of who. Shoot, what's his name? Uh, Baptista. Baptista. Yeah, yeah, I think we get a Is better. Is that his title? I. Th- I think that's his name. I don't know.
1: Okay, I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, but I think we get a better image of who he is and why he's protective of his daughters and um, why he makes the rules that he does. Like we get a better sense of who he is as a character through this representation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: but I'd agree. I think, I think this is a great ad- adaptation. I think the characters live up to the Shakespearean tale and even surpass the Shakespearean tale in some ways. Um Obviously, Shakespeare is brilliant in his own way, and like this is th- this is a act of his brilliance, but I think taking it and expanding upon it is also an act of brilliance as well. Yeah. Um and trying to say I like the addition of characters or like the mixing of characters in a sense between like Cameron's fr- uh friend and Joey. I like that kind of mixed in. Um it doesn't stray too far from the original and it doesn't necessarily um stick to it word Mm -hmm. for word either so i like that balance
1: yeah Yeah, you can definitely tell it is a modern remake like you can tell it's almost the same story but i think we just get better people and better morals out of the second
0: movie also the cast is superb yeah
1: oh yeah
0: i don't know uh who the dad's name is as an actor but i only remember him from the princess diaries and yes! that's- <laughs> i love
2: it paulo oh you my look gosh. like a moose
0: oh yes, yes. Very pretty
2: moose make all the boy moose go <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. he's very he's so very funny much. and i like to see him in this role oh, as well
2: he, um, yeah, but he
0: fledger uh what's her name um uh, julia
1: styles i think julia
0: styles like um joseph, joseph gordon levitt like all, all of them were just great choices and i think quality it worked out well in their favor very 90s
1: yeah i agree okay so i have the pleasure of bringing us to the final question
0: yes yes yes
2: do we ship it mary i do i do ship it um I think they're, they're a cute couple. I think they would be the kind of couple that would stick together. Mm-hmm. Like um, we don't really see like what happens when she goes off to her East coast college. Like, does he follow her? Do they do long distance? Mm,
0: that's true. Um,
2: so like, that's a huge question mark, but I feel like these two have a lot of substance uh, and I think they would, they yeah. would make it. So I, 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 I do ship it. My only thing is I think they, they do need it They They have a long ways to grow in their communication.
1: Oh yeah, Fair we enough. always talk about communication on this show. It's always a yes. problem. <laughs> Devin?
0: I do. Um, I think I ship this more than Patrucio and Yeah, thank you. Think? Kate. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> hey. I feel a lot easier. Like my heart is less heavy and my burden is now lifted by what having watched this. And uh oh, I can actually say that yes, I do approve of this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank God versus
0: uh uh Kate and Petruccio. Although I still enjoy Tammy the Shrew, I just the the I can't stomach the ending. I, I want to believe it to be more than what it is, I think. And that's I why think,
1: yeah. I'm more I accepting think, of
0: it, but I I this one was a lot easier for me to stomach.
1: <laughs> I totally ship Kat and Patrick. I mm-hmm. think they're great. Whereas I really don't ship Kate and Petruccio. Um, but I do think that. This movie actually has given me a better appreciation for The Taming of the Shrew than Mm. just reading it on its own. Because, again, it makes it easier for me as a modern person to stomach a more equal relationship Um, because because I think it does show you what Shakespeare was trying to do in a sort of funny, old fashioned way. And it's like, that ain't it, bud. That ain't it. That so, ain't <laughs> it. Yeah, but I definitely, I ship 10
2: things. I ship Cat and Patrick. I think they're great.
0: Cool. Well, there do you, you guys, have it, guys. Do you guys ship oh.
2: Bianca and Cameron? Ooh.
0: I do. Uh...
1: I do. I I love that. So, so I obviously do not ship Bianca and whoever she was with in the first one, because they were toxic, but I think Bianca and Cameron are cute. I'm not saying they're going to like get married last forever, but I think they grow a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't remember how they end, but I do think they experience a lot of growth together. Mm Um. They're gonna go
2: sailing together. I think that's They're pretty gonna much go how it sailing. ends. Yeah,
0: that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think. What do you sure. think,
2: Mary? Oh man, you could do a whole other episode on just those. two. You could, but mm, uh, you could. no, I think I think I I ship them in like the ending scenes. They had mm-hmm. kind of a rough. They had some rough patches. They did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they they both definitely grow, and Cameron's such a good character. Like we kept saying, I just know. Him, but you <laughs> can't
0: go wrong. But yeah, yeah he is.
2: I I think they would at least last throughout their teenage years.
0: (laughs) They'll make it through high school. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there you have our thoughts on not only, uh, cat and Patrick, but also Cameron and Bianca. Um, so what do you all think? Um, here are some of your thoughts. We had a lot of comments for this one and we are super excited to share them with you. So the first one comes from Kiwi and the bird. Um, they say 10 things i love about this couple one the chemistry two the hate love romance three the end movie speech four the end of movie kiss five the swing vomit scene they (laughs) they appreciate the swing vomit scene god bless you both (laughs) uh six the iconic Mm -hmm. can't take my eyes off of you serenade seven cats retorts eight the prom scene sad face um, and nine, the paintball scene and ten, the banter, of course.
1: What a clever comment. You guys know, are always fun? the freaking most clever people in the world. I love it. OK, so thank you to Kiwi and the Bird. You guys are another one of our supporters. Sending yes. Um, and then the second comment we have here is from Caroline. So Caroline says, honestly, love them. Her initial reluctance, his persistence, and eventual kindness swoon. Him taking her from the party and not kissing her while drunk? Okay, in all facts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. <laughs>
0: I concur. I agree. Um, another one comes from Savvy. Um, and they say, favorite movie in the entire world, period.
1: <laughs> we love that. Thank you, Seth. We love
0: your devotion for this iconic 90s flick. Is it, then, it's a 90s flick, right? Yeah. Yeah, Late it's 90s. 99,
1: Mary said. Yeah. So that's still 90s. Um, and then our last comment is very short from Carla, but she says, underrated couple and movie. Very Preach. true. I think it's underrated too. I think everyone, I never watched it until. You never Lisa, watched it before? So.
0: I no. vaguely remember watching it in the past when I was not young, but like younger. <laughs>
1: younger. Yeah. I feel I, that. I've, well, like, any-
0: There, there are three movies that I remember Heath Ledger in. Uh this one, The Night's Tale or A Night's Tale. Is it The Night's Tale or A Night's Tale? And uh a- The Dark Knight. Yeah. The, like Those, are, those um, are the top three that I remember Heath Ledger from.
1: Oh, yeah. The Dark Knight. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Wow. That's a lot. Um, but anyway, thank you, guys. Mary, any last words before we hop into our promotional ending here? No. Just thanks for having me on. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Ooh,
0: we're happy to have <laughs> you, you back. Thank you so much for
1: joining us. Yeah, yes. Oh, it was a ton of fun. Literally anytime. Okay, so I did not write a script for this, Devin. Apologies in advance. But uh, everyone, if you are enjoying the podcast or even if you're not enjoying the podcast, we are asking you to rate and review because it helps us to make future podcasts better. So whatever you're feeling, we would love to hear from you. Um, Rate and review where you listen, anywhere that you can hear podcasts.
0: Yes. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it it's necessary and we want to hear from you and that's one of the best yep. ways for us to hear from you um yep. also if you're enjoying our podcast follow us on socials uh, primarily instagram but we also have a facebook if you're interested in joining the group and starting some conversations um you can everyone talk to Devin on Instagram please (laughs) I
1: say it every time but we we really want to grow our Insta so say hi to us we appreciate
0: all of you guys and you are all amazing if you are looking to join us for an episode or just have comments or just want to chat hit us up in the DMs Um, you can also email us at weshouldpodcast at gmail.com
1: yep all right thanks shippers we love you don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want Go for it.
0: (laughs) See you guys.